Welcome back to this week's uh, football tonight or the wraparound show. Uh, we have Blake Bennett of KSOM. Uh, did I say that right? You got it. <laughs> well, practice makes perfect. Anyway, uh, tell us about uh, you're going to be behind the mic tonight uh, and you've got a, a pretty exciting matchup. Let our listeners know who, who you're calling the game for. Yeah, tonight I'll have Cam against Boyer Valley. Cam's the uh, defending eight-player state champs, and they graduated a lot, but uh, they kind of have took a couple of lumps midway through the year, some tight losses, and have found their stride and look to be a pretty tough team right now at this point in the season. Well, they're the returning state champs, if I am if I remember right, aren't they? Yep, they won it all last year in eight-player. Well, uh, how's their season gone this year? What's the record right now? They had a big win to open up the year, week one against Fremont Mills. That's probably at this point looking like maybe their uh, most impressive win of the season. It was They got off to an early lead, hung on a late rally by Fremont Mills, won that one 26-25. Uh, they did lose two games in the middle portion of the season. Uh, West Harrison, who's ranked in the top five right now and undefeated there, going to be the district champs as Cam lost to West Harrison, a 29-22 game. Uh, that also happened to be one we had on the air. Cam was driving the ball in the final seconds, but couldn't put it in the end zone on the final play of the game. So that was their only district loss. And then they lost a 40-38 to 38 final on the road in a non-district game to East Mills. But after that, they kicked things back in high gear. They got lopsided wins over Audubon and Exira EHK, which are two local rivals. And now looking to finish off the year against Boyer Valley and head into the playoffs with a lot of momentum. Well, what, what is uh, Boyer Valley? How the, how's their season going? They've uh, had a couple of struggles here. Some young players in the lineup right now, but they've got some guys that are getting some some opportunities out there and uh, kind of coming of age late in the season. At least that's the hope. So where is this game at? In Anita. It is okay. So what, what's the what's the atmosphere like in Anita? What what is what what is unique about seeing a the game there? Well, it's a good place uh, to broadcast a game from, for sure. And the thing that I guess has stood out the last two, three, maybe four years is big crowds. Uh, team or Fans like to support a winner, and Cam's been doing that. They've had uh, a couple of undefeated regular seasons in recent history, including last year's state title run. So you always know there's going to be a big crowd on hand, which is fun to see when you go to a game there. Well, uh, tell me uh, about uh, uh, your playoff positioning. What, where, uh, what round are you going in, and do you have any idea who you think you'll play? Uh, well, your guess is as good as mine or as good as anybody's right now, I guess. But uh, as far as Cam's concerned, they're looking at being the number two seed. And um, the district, in eight-player District 10, it's all already decided. It doesn't matter who wins, who loses this week. West Harrison's already locked up the district title, so they'll be at home. Cam is the number two seed, win or lose, so they'll be at home. And then Audubon's going to be the number three seed out of this district, so they're looking at a road playoff game. Well, do you got any any guys uh, looking for uh, uh, trying to add on to some, having had some already good stats, any good <coughs> rushing stats or, or turnover stats or, or throwing or passing or anything like that? Uh, well, for Cam, they've got <coughs> Sam Foreman has probably been their biggest bright spot to statistically, but they've been a much more balanced team than they were the last couple of years. Uh, they were very run heavy with Lane Speaker, who broke several state records running the football last year. This year, they're more of the run and the pass. They've got uh, Chase Speaker as the quarterback, and he's more of a pure passer than a rushing threat, but he's got uh, Sam Foreman as one big target to throw to, and Jack Fullman is another one who's had a great year. And then Austin Williams has taken over at the running back spot. And 
he's been a, a capable option when they turn to the ground. So, uh, how can our how can our listeners follow this game through uh, your radio station or, or I don't know if there's any video that goes with it or Yep, we do a video stream for our games, westerniowatoday.com. You get there, just find the KSOM video stream. That's westerniowatoday.com. You can watch it. Well, we're talking with Blake Bennett of KSOM in Atlantic, and uh, he's got the Anita game. So stick around, and we'll we'll scan all around the state and, and get you little quick updates. Thank you for being with us. Thanks. Welcome back uh, as we are heading down uh, actually to the to Missouri a little bit. Our next guest is our, is uh, Chris Dewar. Uh, introduce yourself uh, and tell us where, uh, where what radio station you're with and what game you're covering tonight. Yeah, sure. Absolutely, Dave. And first of all, thanks for having me on. Honored to be here. I've been the sports director at KHQA-TV in, in Quincy, Illinois, since about 1995. So I'm kind of long in the tooth at this game. And because Quincy is uh, sort of uniquely positioned geographically, we've got, you know, coverage in three different states, which makes it fun and both challenging all the time. We're in western Illinois, we're in northeast Missouri, and we're in southeast Iowa to an extent as well with about four or five teams up there. So I have one of the more unique coverage areas, I guess, in, uh, in the Midwest, but it makes it fun. We're going different directions constantly. And I get to see a lot of different football and a lot of different sports and a lot of different venues and arenas. So it, it, it kind of keeps it fresh and fun for me. Yeah, it does sound nice. And it'll be kind of a little interesting uh, to hear a little bit of, of the Missouri. We actually have, uh, you know, we have a lot of listeners like Burlington is our number one market right now. Uh, but that was something recent. But, uh, uh, you know, we have a lot of that, those real close to Iowa, you know, parts. A lot of people are listening there because we have that cross traffic just like you do and i'm sure our listeners will be very hard to hear uh let's hear for the first time about a, a missouri game here on round guy radio surely and you know i'm headed tonight we we have like i said week eight schedule is a little strange this week just because we are beset by a number of saturday games this week uh and that doesn't generally happen you know in this neck of the woods but we've got a bunch of saturday games in both illinois and Missouri this week as we kind of wind down on the regular season here. So I'm headed over to the fair city of Monroe City, uh, number one ranked team in Missouri Class 1 football, traditional powerhouse, won a couple of state titles, uh, well, actually three now in the history of the program, but a couple of, of them in the uh, in the 1990s to really establish themselves as a power, and memory serves me right, 94 and 96 off the top of my head. Uh, they are number one in the state in class one. They're going to be hosting an undefeated rival in Macon, just up the road, up uh, Highway 36 there, about, oh, I guess, probably about 40 miles. Uh, two really good football teams tonight, heading, heading heads up. Um, I, know you're a, I know you're a guy that likes good line play. It's really kind of a case of Macon having one of the better offensive lines in Northeast Missouri small school football right now against the Monroe City defense that's just absolutely loaded, returned a bunch of guys from a team that went to the state quarterfinals last year. They've also got the reigning uh, Missouri Class 1 Defensive Player of the Year back in their linebacker, Keaton Penowell, who uh, is just an absolute monster at the middle linebacker position. Moreover, just a great kid on top of that. 3.8 student, uh, a leader in the classroom, one of those guys that, you know, 
you, you, you want to marry your daughter off to because he does everything right off the football field and on. So certainly going to be a fun matchup there. Looking forward to it. Macon's got a really dynamic quarterback by a kid by the name of Michael Lanier who makes a lot of fun things happen at a really powerhouse run game. So it's kind of the, uh, you know, it's the immovable force against the uh, unstoppable object here, if you will, a little bit in terms of what Macon's offense and Monroe City's defense present tonight. So I'm certainly looking forward to that. Really has kind of nicely spiced up the, the week eight schedule for us. And at this particular point, we're down to about five undefeated teams left for us. We lost Fort Madison, obviously, last week with the with the goings on at Iowa City Liberty. And that Iowa City Liberty team must be absolutely loaded to have housed Derek Doherty's team 49 to nothing last week. But we're down to five undefeated teams. Uh, we'll be down to at least four after tonight based on the fact that one of these two teams in Rose City are making something's got to give tonight. Well, uh, Scotty Melvin, my sports director, and I have had eyes on that Graham Beckman. We saw him at the game at Kinnick Stadium. And uh, okay. this kid's the best quarterback I've ever seen in high school. I mean, well, that's pretty, that's pretty high praise. And, and, you know, I, we got video, my old protege, uh, Jed Beecham is now the sports director up in Cedar Rapids. And we had worked out a deal where he was going to get us video of Fort Madison. And he was kind of apologetic when I called up Dave and said, Hey, uh, can you get me some Fort Madison highlights? He was like, well, Iowa city Liberty doesn't give up uh, many highlights to anybody. And they've got the the best quarterback in the state right now. And he, you know, he had invoked for me a name that I was familiar with and somebody I was lucky enough to cover back at the uh, early aughts and James Vandenberg. And he said he puts up James Vandenberg type numbers, like the numbers that Vandenberg was putting up at Keokuk when they won a state title. So I, I knew that after that point, maybe we weren't going to get a whole lot of highlights, but you know, Fort Madison to their credit, if they win one of their last two games, still have this, has a chance to control their playoff destiny. They're at home tonight against North Scott, which is another pretty tall order for them. But, you know, if you know anything at all about Derek Doherty and sort of the mentality that he's, you know, imbued on that program since taking over for Tony Shipman, it's it's all about, hey, you know, put your chin back up. You get punched. It's what you do after you get hit. So it will be really interesting tonight to see how Fort Madison responds. Well, I do have a little news on that. Uh, that RPI rating actually has uh, Fort Madison rated higher than North Scott. Yeah. Like, I think they're seventh and North Scott's 12th or 14th. That Maybe is it's correct. Yes, it's 14th. Uh, but uh, uh, if I could figure that out, I think I have that. <laughs> but, but yeah, it's an exciting night. It, it, it's uh, uh, interesting uh, to talk to you because that's kind of the uh, area that's just been a little, a little bit more of a struggle for me to uh, get out of cover. Uh, and you've got so much exciting area uh, games and stuff going on. Well, what is the. But before I let you go, I want to know, what is the atmosphere like at that? Uh, that's what I always like to find out. You know, what's the name of the field? What's this community like? Uh, uh, what's the high school football like at the, at the at the stadium you're going to be at tonight? Well, yeah, it's it's phenomenal at Langford Field. All of Monroe City turns out. It's a really well done field. They redid it. I think it's probably been almost 10 years now, but it's a turf field. They kind of put it in the middle of town rather than away from and sort of away from the high school stadium. So it has its own kind of unique feel um, a little bit off campus, but still close enough where you can walk to the school. Um, and it's turned into a, you know, it's a major event. Anytime there's a big football game at Monroe city, nothing like, you know, and I know you, uh, I know you talked to my buddy Chuck Banks this week. Oh my um, gosh, you know, yes. uh, yeah. And it's not unlike the atmosphere. I mean, and, and he touched on it with you. I, you know, I, I listened to your podcast with Chuck. He touched on how that was the best atmosphere, you know, in Donaldson in, in probably years. 
I walked there and I couldn't find a parking spot to start with, which was a far cry from what you would expect, you know, when you, when your football team had been winless for, you know, since 2017. And it was, you know, it was really good last week. So I'm going to be very blessed to have two of the better atmospheres I'm probably going to see on a football field in back-to-back weeks going from, you know, being at that game with EBF and Central Lee last week to being at Monroe City Macon tonight. And, you know, that's the neat thing. I mean, and you know this better than anybody, Dave. It's, you know, it's the community. It's the it's the atmosphere. It's the pomp, the pageantry, the fact that, you know, the only water cooler talk in town, you know, isn't politics. It's not religion. It's not what's going on in the world or Putin. It's, it's what's going to happen on the football field. And, you know, that's as it should be in our community. So I'm really looking forward to kind of getting in there and, you know, it's always fun at Monroe City. Um, I'm hoping for a game because they had one bigger, you know, kind of scheduled matchup between a couple of state-ranked teams about four weeks ago, and Monroe City blew the doors off that team, and it was, uh, you know, it was a blowout game. So I'm hoping Macon, you know, has kind of made that leap and will give Monroe City some, some actual resistance tonight. We're going to see a really good football game. So just to clarify, Fort Madison on RPI on Bound, Iowa, number seven. And uh, uh, North Scott, number 12. So. Well, and here's here's the interesting thing, Dave. I don't know that Fort Madison has really ever found its true, you know, it hasn't put together four really good quarters of football yet, despite that ranking and what they've done. They've been a team that's been really good at kind of responding to other folks and kind of pulling themselves together and pulling themselves out of bad spots. So I wonder if Derek's team didn't get a little bit of a wake-up call against Liberty, and maybe tonight's the night they finally, you know, summon all that for four quarters and, you know, take out some of their aggressions on North Scott. You know, if you're if you're a Fort Madison fan, that's what you're hoping for tonight. Well, Fort Madison's defense prior to that, I think it gave up 12 points as the most in a game or 13, somewhere. I mean, every, every opponent was 12 or 13 or less, you know. Yeah. So their defense is pretty vaulted, yeah. and uh, I, I think uh, – like I say, that kid's mind processes what's going on faster and more clearly than anyone I've ever seen. He seems to have an eye in the back of his head because no matter how much you pressure him, he is going to get rid of the ball. And and it is, you know, he just makes the right decision all the time. And uh, uh, if you ever get a chance to see him, you'll be in for a treat. Uh, but I, I, I wanted to talk to you about your station. Let our listeners know what our callers are. How can we follow this station and how does it cover sports in this in this part of the state that that is real important to Round Guy Radio? Sure, absolutely. I mean, you can go to our website at khqa.com. We're always there. We're on all the social media. I'm on social media on Twitter and Facebook. Uh, you know, it's Chris Dewar, uh, you know, at, you know, and, and you can look it up. I think it's a verified account on Twitter. But, um, you know, our website is constantly abuzz with all the you know, the sports stuff that we do, there's a story on there from Wednesday that, uh, you know, talked about Central Lee's sort of turnaround. It's not just football. It's a lot of stuff. But we're easily found um, and we're constantly updated. We take a lot of pride in that website and our ability to get, you know, we, we do hyper local sports. That's all we do. We don't touch the NFL. We don't touch pro sports because you can find that better and in much greater depth from people who are actually in the locker room there. We kind of make our expertise about high school and local small college kids and 
that's what we do and that's how we roll. And, you know, I, I wouldn't have it any other way. Super fun to be a part of the community and kind of spur and talk about in the back end of a newscast, the positive things that young people are doing in contrast to the, you know, anybody who's watched the television newscast know in the first eight minutes, there's not a lot of good when it talks to young people. Well, the back half of the newscast in sports, we try to change that. So, uh, you know, if you get a chance, you can tune in, you can watch our coverage. We'll have that sports final coverage up tonight, probably by about 11 o'clock on our website. So you'll be able to see the highlights of that Monroe City Macon game, the highlights of Fort Madison, North Scott, and, you know, wherever else we get tonight. So we're, we're going to try our best with the limited resources we have. And I'm going to show up at work today, Dave, and hope I've got some healthy photographers and videographers ready to go to work. Well, there's a, a lot of energy pouring off of you. And, uh, uh, Talking to you has been contagious. It was a little uh, touch and go getting finally getting a few minutes to talk to you, but it was worth all the effort. And uh, thank you so much for, for being part of this program today. Well, thank you so much for what you do. And again, I'm enjoying the heck out of the podcast, man. You're killing it. And I think you've found that you've got a lot of fans all of a sudden from Burlington on down. So if we can help you grow a little bit more into Northeast Missouri or into West Central Illinois, we're, we're happy to help you do so, my friend. I think I got 1,750 listeners in Burlington. Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. You, you've tapped into a hot spot that I think has been underserved for way too long, my friend. Well, it was, uh, uh, we were looking for something that somebody would listen to, you know, and when we talked about high school football, the numbers were good. And, uh, uh, well, we just try to, look, we're just about life in Iowa. Football's just what people in Iowa are doing right now and caring about right now. And if people in Iowa care about something, I like to have it on on my podcast and uh, uh we're, we're more than sports but uh uh sports is what uh, uh is the big thing right now and everybody likes it and this is our our highest time of the year we, we just crossed fourteen thousand listeners and we're we're approaching fifteen thousand listeners total so it's been growing like crazy and uh, uh we'll keep putting it out if you guys keep listening it. but it's all about the the guests that we have the guests like you, you you've been you know i work so hard to try to it's so difficult to do what I do because I'm trying to cover such a big area, but I need guys in each little spot. And you are that guy for me down there. And thank you so much for being with us. coach. Or, well, not coach. <laughs> I've answered the worst, Dave. I can assure you at any time we can help, please don't hesitate to reach out. All right. Thank you so much. Welcome back. Uh, we are going to Columbus junction for the uh, huge, huge game we've got this week between Columbus Junction and Alburnett, we have uh, Hunter Moeller of the Southeast Iowa Union. Welcome, program Hunter. Hey, thanks for having me, Dave. Well, uh, what what's going on there in Columbus Junction tonight? I'm going to be there. Scotty's going to be there. Uh, it's going to be a, a tremendous night of action, isn't it? Oh, for sure. I mean, we got a district title on the line tonight. So, uh, yeah, you know. Uh, in some rankings, this is in some of the polls. This is two ranked teams going, going at each other, and uh, it doesn't get much bigger in this uh, end of the season uh, here with with a district uh, district title on the line between two teams. You don't get that very often. So, well, one uh, one the you know both teams are going to go to the playoffs, but what's going to be decided here tonight is the district championship and the seeding. Who gets the first seed and the second seed? You know. So uh, this we've been talking about this all all for like a month now about this game, and uh, uh, it just seems like two teams colliding. What kind of game are you expecting tonight? Well, I'm you know 
you know, we haven't seen Auburn yet, but, you know, looking at their, obviously we know they've taken down some big opponents and, uh, you know, uh, um, and Northland and uh, they fought with uh, East Buchanan. I can't remember if they won that one, uh, but, uh, you know, they played some big opponents uh, tight. Um, you know, Columbus has done what they've done uh, pretty much handled everybody they've uh, faced all season long on the ground. Um, they haven't played anybody quite like this. So it's going to see, it's going to be interesting to see, uh, you know, for me, the biggest thing I'm looking at is, is, is that Columbus ground game going to be uh, moving the ball like they normally, normally do, or are they going to have to go to that passing game a lot? And obviously we've seen, uh, you know, Jeff O back and, and uh, you know, that he can throw the ball. Uh, he's done it, you know, not a lot, but he's done it at times. So, you know, for me looking at this game, it's going to be, there's kind of two sides. Is Columbus going to be able to rely on that uh, run game all night long? or And then, you know, on the defensive side for Columbus, uh, you know, you look back at that kind of Lisbon game, uh, Lisbon's kind of, I guess, probably be the closest team that you can relate to Auburn in, in terms of, uh, you know, passing offense, things like that with uh, uh, with how they do things. So, you know, uh, Auburn from their statistical standpoint, you know, they like to pass the ball a lot. Uh, their quarterback has got, uh, Mason Neighbors got 1,411 yards, 19 touchdowns uh, through the air. Uh, they've got a couple big, big receivers in Grayson Carolyn and, and Braden Osborne. Uh, uh, Carolyn has 548 uh, receiving yards and Osborne has 396. So, you know, looking at that, it's about the Columbus run game and then Columbus stopping that uh, Auburn at, uh passing game. So uh, we'll, we'll see what's going to happen, but uh, it's going to be a good one. Well, it's, a, it's essentially a team that uses the passing game to strike quick versus a team that uses the running game to strike quick. I mean, uh, are you, you think that maybe time of possession, uh, maybe that uh, could be in uh, Columbus's favor if, if they get some sustained drives, but they, they, just, they just go off. Every time they go off tackle, it could be a touchdown, isn't it? No, for sure. You know, that's, and that's the big thing, you know. So far this season, we've seen Columbus, you know, they haven't had to have long out drives because, you know, so far they've just, you know, they ran a couple plays, it seems like, and then they break it off for 40-yard touchdowns or, you know, even longer. So, uh, you know, that's the biggest thing, you know, if you're looking at Auburn at standpoint is, you know, I believe – I'd have to – let me let me double-check quick. Obviously, Kane Amagon is – I think he's leading the state in yards per carry, which is – He might know, be. So right now, 16 – Point seven yards for carry. So, I mean, you know, think about it. If Amagon even is averaging half of that, I mean, they're getting a first down, you know, every other run. So, you know, that's the big thing for all Burnett. If you're looking at their game plan is they got to slow down. You know, it's not even just, it's not even just Amagon though. You know, you've got Tristan Miller back there, uh, you know, Cole Storm and Riley Calbert can also run the ball, even Hoback can run the ball. So, you know, there's so many weapons that Auburn has to look at from a running standpoint when you're when you're looking at the Columbus offense. So, you know, it's pick your poison with them. But I mean, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see uh, if Columbus is able to just pull out those big runs or not. Well, I think uh, 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 the big key matchup is how well do they fare against Russell Coyle? I mean, literally. I mean, I think the game kind of hinges on that that one thing. If they can somewhat neutralize him, particularly on defense, then they might have a pretty good chance. But if he's getting into the backfield and he's stomping that run like he's done all year long against everybody that's played him, you know, uh, uh, it could be it could be tough sledding. But uh, we don't know what we're going to see. We don't know whether we're going to see a big shootout, 
or we're going to see a low-scoring game. We don't know whether it's going to hinge on a turnover or a, or a punt return. This is tell me, you know, in your 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 time covering sports, has you been to very many bigger games than this? You know, I haven't been. Uh, I haven't been covering sports. You know, very. I mean, I've always, you know, I guess watched sports, things like that, and you know, been to games, but. You know, as far as me covering sports, this is probably, you know, the biggest game in terms of football that uh, that I've been at thus far. So, um, you know, I haven't I haven't been to the, you know, I've been to watch playoff games, but I haven't, you know, covered playoff games. So I would probably say that so far this is probably the biggest game uh, for me covering sports that I've seen thus far. And you know, I'm, I'm I'm excited I get the chance to be there. Well, you... you know, the atmosphere is great there, and uh, there's nothing better than you know this isn't a playoff game, but it it's basically a playoff game. So uh, yeah, it, should be, uh, it should be a fun one to watch. It's a, it's like a Super Bowl game. I mean, but uh, yeah. Um, um, well, tell me about your your paper and you have been covering this team through this whole whole season. But can you tell me? You know, I know obviously you've been around. Uh, what is the atmosphere like in in the Columbus area community school district? No, I'm. You know, I think you know, I've listened to a couple of your episodes. Scotty, you know, says it real well, and you know, has a great. Um, you know, look upon their community, but, you know, you go to the games, they're just, it's just, you know, it feels like there, there's a real connection between the team and, and the community there. And, you know, they love football there and they they come out every night, and, you know, when, or, you know, when they're down or when they're up and, you know, they're up this year, obviously, but, um, you know, they have a great turnout every night. And, you know, even when I was there against Lisbon, uh, the, the, the stands were packed, but, um, you know, tonight I, I doubt there's going to be uh, much places, much places to sit in, in the uh, bleachers up there. Uh, you know, they had a bunch of people sitting uh, around the sides and um, outside yeah. the fence, up on the fence. So, yeah, I'm looking for another, uh, uh, you know, pretty, pretty loud atmosphere tonight. Well, I'm going to be there, and I would suggest you bring a lawn chair. Uh, yeah, if you want a place to sit. I mean, because luckily as far I get to walk on the sideline. <laughs> as far as games go, it doesn't get any bigger than this, does it? Nope. Well, uh, thanks for being with us, and uh, we look forward to seeing you tonight. Yeah, look forward to seeing you there. Well, we're heading down to Burlington, Iowa. We're talking Burlington Greyhounds. We must be talking to the to the coach uh, and uh, Scott uh, uh, Mason there at KBUR. Welcome to the program, guys. Thank you very much. Uh, you guys are uh, – uh, such a big hit down there. You just mentioned it out the podcast turned uh, Burlington into our number one market. And uh, we are approaching 15,000 listeners pretty hard here. Uh, might get there this weekend. Well, just think next year you'll get us from week one. So we, we plan to get you up to 100,000 and then a million before it's all finished. <laughs> that, that's our goal. Well, that's, uh, our goal. That, that's uh, surpassing my expectations quite a bit. But <laughs> Uh, anyway, oh, yeah, yeah, this yeah. week we got we've got uh, uh, we're going all over the state and uh, even a little bit into Missouri as I talked to uh, one of the guys from uh, a Quincy uh, television station. But uh, you guys have a big uh, uh, game with one of the premier teams in Iowa, and it's the Liberty Lightning, uh, uh, and it's the home game uh, senior night too, right? Yeah, it's our final home game at Bracewell Stadium. Uh... Season's just flown by. I say that every year, but seems with each year of age, it goes a little bit faster, and it truly is hard to believe that this is the last home game for these seniors. And 
we're very hopeful, you know, that uh, uh, we'll get a crowd to come out tonight and support these kids because this is a – Coach Blair and I had said for a, a very long time during the very lean years of Burlington football leading up to the last two that it would take a class of kids to become the foundation for whatever would be the resurgence and the resurrection of Burlington football. And obviously you don't know what the future holds, but uh, this group of kids that's leaving – uh, is responsible for 12 wins so far, hopefully 13, 14, and beyond by the time it's all said and done in the last two years. And uh, you're talking about when you when you say 12 wins, that doesn't sound overly impressive to some programs, but that's the same number of wins as this program had from 2014 to 2020. So this senior class is, is pretty special, pretty important. And uh, so we're hopeful that we'll get a big crowd tonight of people coming out to, to check them out for the last time on the home turf and, and, uh, you know, with a win, an upset victory over Liberty, then uh, further hopefully cement where we are in the RPI and looking toward the playoffs. Well, let's talk a little bit about the RPI, because the RPI has you at the 14th best team in the state of Iowa. Uh, I, I, there's all kinds of polls and different ways, and frankly, it's all over the place, and it's anybody's guess. And uh, you know what I mean? Uh, I have a good I idea as to, of what the teams around here look at, but uh, – I don't know exactly what Northwest Iowa looks like either, so I don't know if I'd be the uh, ultimate great judge of it. But uh, uh, 14th is pretty high, but this Liberty team is uh, number four, and uh, uh, they're awful solid and playing a, a great game. What does the playoffs uh, picture look like? What do you guys have to do to make the playoffs? Well, you know, it's, it's interesting because as you look at it, and, and a lot of it, comes down to who finishes first and who finishes second of those top 16. I mean, you could conceivably, I suppose, by math, have a second place team outside the top 16 of the RPI. I mean, if you look as far down as number 19 at Clear Creek Amana, they're three and four. So, you know, once you get past the top tier of teams and in pretty much any poll, you've got a lot of teams jumbled between three and five wins. So, it, a lot of it will come down to who's first, who's second, and then of the top 16 via RPI, who's not in the top two? Because those teams will claim those wild card spots first. Now, if you're looking at it purely from a top 16 spot, let's say everybody in the top two is in the top 16 of every in every district is in that top 16, then you know tonight's result is not maybe as important as next week will be, and. I come from the perspective of Burlington hasn't really, outside of North Scott, played anybody with a winning record. That's the only team that, that Burlington's had on their schedule that has a winning record at this point. So that, that part of the RPI equation is being hurt by a 27-36 and 36 overall record of your opponent. Now you add in, let's say they lose tonight, just throwing it out there. Obviously, we're hopeful they win, but you now lose to a team that's seven and one. So now that part of the RPI calculation improves, as does your opponent's opponents. Right now, uh, Liberty's opponent's opponents are 26 games over 500. So now you could then add that into Burlington's strength of schedule, and they go from being seven under to about 20 over. So, you know, even if they lose tonight, I don't think it dooms Burlington at five and three. You may even see them improve on their number 14. Now, obviously, if they win, 
they're going to jump from 14 into probably the 10 or 11 range. But, uh, you know, I have this feeling that it will come down once again to next week against, uh, against Fort Madison. Uh, you've got three teams right now in Fort Madison, Burlington, and North Scott that uh, are 2-1 and one in the district. Burlington lost to North Scott. North Scott also has defeated Fort Madison. So North Scott holds that tiebreaker. And barring them losing, excuse me, losing this week or next, uh, or I take that back, they play Fort Madison tonight. I'm very sorry. They play at Fort Madison tonight. So uh, I would guess Fort Madison falls to North Scott, although it is in Fort Madison. Uh, but, you know, it, one of those teams will be 3-1. and one. We'll be tied either 3-1 and one with the winner of that game or 2-2 two and two with the loser of that game, potentially playing for a wild card spot. So uh, it seems kind of complicated, but there are things working in Burlington's favor, I think, regardless of outcome tonight, that will improve at least two of the three, if not all three, parts of the calculation of the RPI. Well, uh, this RPI, again, it's just one way to look at things, but RPI has uh, Fort Madison 7 and North Scott 12. And like I say, just has you at 14, so just right, right below North Scott or you know, close enough to equal to, to North Scott. So uh, is there just is there just a blink of an eye difference between Fort Burlington, North uh, uh, Scott, Fort Madison? Is, is everybody just right, right that close to each other? Well, I don't know if you want to say that they're that close to each other. I mean, um, in terms of records, obviously all that will get worked out in the math of the RPI. Um, but you're going to look at a North Scott team that is, is going to be extremely strong. They've got all that tradition that's behind them. Um, and, and you've got a Fort Madison that is, is almost exactly like Burlington trying to climb the ladder of success in the district. And, and, and so it, it's going to come down to me uh, when I look at it, it's going to come down to uh, the battle of attrition that happens week eight, week nine of a football season. Who's healthiest? who has the most bodies that can go um, and what you're able to sustain when a team like North Scott or Iowa City Liberty kind of throw uh, a couple knockout punches at you. Can you sustain those punches and then continue to battle and keep those games close? With that, I think with victory, then I think you gain not only the RPI, but you gain some confidence as you move into the last week and then into the playoffs. Well, Coach, let me ask you this. Uh, what kind of game are we looking at tonight? I mean, what do you see happening here? You know, uh, are we going to grind it out? Is it, it come down to blocking or special teams? Or or, or how, how can the defense contain this this kid? I've seen him. Well, you've asked, you've asked three questions within one, so that's pretty impressive. So uh, I'm going to tell you that I think it does come down to special teams, and it will be how one team feels punts. Uh, it's going to be a negligible, negligible wind down there. It always is in a Bracewell. But it's going to be a field uh, position for, for Burlington especially because, yes, Iowa City Liberty is, is, is a great team and has some great skill players. But if they don't have the ball, they can't score. So there's the first thing you got to take care of. So can we grind out 10, 12, 15 play drives and then score on top of that. So as I'm looking at video and all of this, I'm saying if we can score every other time that we have the ball, 
and chew up that clock. That puts Iowa City Liberty kind of into a panic mode. And I know that you've talked about the quarterback, and as I've watched him, he reminds me of uh, a, a, a Justin Fields-type athlete. He He's a very explosive thrower, and when in doubt, he's going to take off and run, and he's, uh, he's very elusive. Uh, the thing is, for us defensively, if we can keep him within the pocket and still get pressure and allow him to maybe make some mistakes throwing the ball, that plays into our favor. But we did not play on the back end of defense last week very well. We've got to do a much better job of tackling and stopping yards after the catch. So, to me, those are the two things. Burlington's probably not going to throw the ball at all tonight, um, even though they've got their number one receiver back. But I don't, I don't see that happening unless they're going to try to set up for some unique play either – right away or maybe sometime at a very uh, important time of the ballgame. Well, ball control is going to be crucial for Burlington. Uh, they do have the, the yeah. tools to do that part of it. Uh, but you guys will uh, really enjoy watching this Graham Beckman play. We got to see him at Carver Hawkeye, and uh, he's just really uh, advanced thinker. You know, he processes what's going on so well, and uh, he's just happy to get anything that works, anything that he – any. Once the receiver comes open, he'll find him, and uh, it, it's it's he's really something special. So, well, thanks, guys. Uh, we're about out of time, but let our listeners know uh, how to follow this game through KBUR. Uh, well, tonight we're at home, so we can actually add a layer of uh, ways to see this ball game. Uh, and I, I gave a shout out to him last week. I'll give another shout out. Broken Centrifuge Productions here in Burlington. They're local guys that. Uh, have just started this company and and they do various events. They are our home game videographers and it's one of the best high school productions you're probably going to see. It goes far beyond what you'd see on just a regular YouTube with the camera at midfield going back and forth. So you can check us out on YouTube and I would guess you'll have to type in something to the effect of Burlington versus Iowa City Liberty and then probably today's date, 10 14 22. Uh, the icon that'll come up will be the uh, the head, the new logo we had that came into, came into being three years ago. Also, terrestrial radio, obviously, if you want to pair us up. Now, uh, on the video feed, you also get John and I. So not only can you listen on the, ra- on the radio on your in your car, you could watch at home through the Internet and hear our call. It's synced up. And then uh, also, <laughs> as I've talked about on the TuneIn radio app, uh, again, still not sure if KBR is still a part of it, but heck, it's worth a try. Uh, the TuneIn radio app used to have KBR, and if they still do, as my uncle has told me, they still can. Uh, down in McKinney, Texas, you can get in through this. So if you're caught out of range tonight and want to hear, you can go in through your phone and Bluetooth it if you've got capabilities and listen that way. So terrestrial radio, perhaps through the phone app, but definitely if you're at home and it's too cold to come down, pop on YouTube and listen to the broadcast as well as watch it. I like to sync your broadcast audio up to the Wizard of Oz. It, it comes out just <laughs> like the Pink Floyd album. Yeah, we're not, we are not the wall. So we'll put it that way. We're not, we're not Pink Floyd, although we could try. We'll see how it would work out. Well, thanks a lot, guys. We sure appreciate you being with us. You bet. And uh, hopefully we'll talk again next week and we're talking about a postseason opportunity. Oh, it's going to be the big game next week. All right, thanks.
going next to Fairfield, Iowa. We're talking to Nathan Piercy, KMCD Radio. He's going to be behind the mic in uh, Washington, Iowa tonight in one of the world's toughest places to play a high school football game <laughs> up at Case Field in Washington, Iowa. Well, uh, Nate, welcome to the program. Hey, thanks for having me again. Well, everything seems to be kind of clicking your way. Uh, RPI is out, and you guys are number 19 in the, the state uh, simply because you, you played a lot of good teams and uh, uh, you, you scratched out a, a, a quite a few wins. But uh, you're wanting to go to the playoffs, and you right. got to go uh, up here to Case Field uh, and play a, a Washington Demons team that, that got back on the, the right track last week. And, uh, you know, you've seen Washington uh, uh, look real good this year, and you, you've seen them with a four-game slide, but uh, they're tough. Case Field is tough. What, what What's it going to be like up there? Yeah, you know, this is my first time as well being up at Case Field, so I can't speak on experience. However, I can't tell you how many people have told me, that have told me that uh, it's a dynamic place to play. It's going to be loud. It's it's going to be exciting. You know, you look at it, not only are they coming off that, that one-point win over Keokuk, this is also their first home game in uh, a couple weeks. The last home game was almost a month a month ago. So, overall, I mean, they've got – They've got a lot of reasons to be excited at Case Field, and I'm hoping that, you know, the Fairfield can weather the storm and, and not ride the highs and lows too much and kind of stay even keel throughout it. And if they can do that, it's going to be a, a great atmosphere and a great night tonight in Washington. Well, you, I thought you played really good against Sullen, uh, and uh, the, the only problem that the team had had was uh, uh, not quite scoring enough points, but – uh, I, it seems like, you know, you guys have scored points here lately and you put 25 points up against a, a Solon team. That's a, a top 10 team in the state and uh, uh, probably the highest level of competition you played. Although you've had a pretty tough schedule week in and week out and uh, uh, grind out a lot of wins. Uh, but the playoffs, you're saying this is a playoff game, man. Yeah, essentially, I mean, playoffs start now. Fairfield, if they can win out, they'll get into the playoffs. Um, having one district loss, you know, later tonight as well, Grinnell and Solon will, will will face each other. If Grinnell loses that one, then basically it comes down to uh, whoever wins next week is Fairfield and Grinnell play next week, and the winner of that game would essentially be your district runner-up in the playoffs. So essentially for Fairfield, your, your, uh, your, season, your playoff season starts right now. Uh, because if you win tonight and you go in tomorrow or next week with just one district loss, you're looking pretty good, not only in RPI standings, but also uh, when it comes to just district standings. Yeah, that it's tough to make the playoffs in in the higher schools, you know? The... Yeah, it is. Um, but at the same time, I think, um, it, you know, you're, you're making sure that your top teams are getting in as well. You're not you're not jipping a, a – a seven-win team somehow doesn't get in compared to, say, a five-win team, uh, which talking to Coach Wheaton earlier today apparently happened a few years ago in one of the lower-level classes uh, before they switched out of the RPI ranking. So um, while it is very tough, and, and part of that is just a tough – you're in a tough district, you know. You've got uh, a lot of teams that compete very well with each other, so you add that to it. And, and yeah, making the playoffs, especially um, in these upper – upper classes of, of the Iowa State football 
it's it's tough, but it makes each and every game exciting. Well, you could you make a case for uh, Washington? You know, they got a nice big win against Keokuk. That's a conference win. Uh, what if they went out the rest of the way? Do they have any shot at any kind of crazy scenario where they go to the playoffs? You know, that's tough because you have to then hope that um, – Actually, well, actually, you know, looking at it, I don't think so because if they went out, uh, that still gives them two district losses. And even if Grinnell loses to Fairfield – uh, in that you know, in that matchup, well, that would be a three-way tie for that um, that second spot. And I would assume, given um, their their other schedule and everything like that, they would not make it. And so maybe, I mean, I'm very very maybe hesitant to say RPI might get them in, but I think Washington they have to get a lot of help if they want to if they want to have a chance of getting in. Well, uh, but. Uh... Uh, Fairfield's going to need a lot of help to, to go into this place and win. I mean, I know they got the talent to do it and they, they got the momentum to do it, but, um, well, what, what, what do you think is going to happen tonight? Well, I think, uh, it's, like you said, it's going to be a tough matchup. And what I think is going to happen is that Fairfield is going to come in a little angry based off of the fact they lost the soul and how it happened. Um, and, and they, they recognize that, that they need to, they needed to stop the run and really stop those big plays against Solon. And that didn't happen. And they recognize that now. So they, I, I think that they will do that tonight. They're, they're going to come out, they're going to come out hot. They're going to come out firing. And, you know, when you look at it, if they can stop the run and force Washington to throw with their senior quarterback, Ethan Patterson really hasn't had that great of a season, um, I think that uh, Fairfield's going to come out on top. Now, and then you add in the fact that they have an offense who is led by a great quarterback in Tate Allen, who's completing nearly 60% of his passes this year. Combine that with Max Wheaton and the rest of the offensive weapons that this Fairfield team has. I think it's it's going to be a very uphill climb for Washington, but I think Fairfield's going to come on out on top as long as they can handle that energy that Washington's going to come out with. Well, Scotty Melvin says Max Wheaton's really having a season and does six hundred and fifty yardish and and lots and lots of touchdowns and and uh, uh, he might be the difference in this game. What do you think? Yeah, I think so. Um, he's definitely one of those guys that uh, that that you want to get the ball to. I mean. It, it's tough whenever you're an opposing defense when you look at it. I mean, you're either – if you put a linebacker on him, most likely your linebacker's not going to stack up with the speed that Max Wheaton has because he's pretty quick for his size. And then, you know, talk about that size. If you put a corner on him or a, a defensive back of some sort, well, then they're not going to be able to put up with that size. Max stands 6'5", 220 pounds, and he's physical too. So, you know, that's going to force you – Again, if you do have to double team them, then well, that's opening up somebody else. And and Fairfield has shown in the last few weeks that they have these these playmakers really all over the board. It's not necessarily having to go to Max, but they're not afraid to, to get it to him in double coverage either. And he's an impressive athlete. He hasn't announced where he's going to play yet. I know he's got a few offers out there. Um, of course, both big schools in Iowa, and then a couple as well. So. Uh, I can't give any information on that, but I do know if, if he wants to, he can play Division One football tight end. Yeah, well, he's uh, uh, he's been uh, something to watch this year, and it's what's kept Fairfield, you know, in this playoff hunt this deep into the end of the season, and and they really do got a great chance at, at this. But uh, uh, what is Washington? Tell us a little bit about what some of Washington's tools. 
Yeah, Washington, they like to they like to run it a lot. Um, not not only with their running backs, uh, whose name is escaping. Stewart's his last name. I do know that, but also their quarterback Ethan Ethan Patterson. Both those guys they like to run it. And if you look at their, what at least when it comes to yardage wise, they get. They get three quarters of their offense coming from the ground game. They have over just over 1,200 yards on the ground and just under 400 yards through the air. So they like to run it, um, and and that's kind of their thing. They they have a couple big tackles. They like to run a lot of tackle over. So if if again if they can get if, if Washington can get that ground game going, and they've seen that with the success that Solon has that had last week against Fairfield, um, that could definitely make some things interesting uh, for this game tonight. Well, uh, Case Field tonight, it's your first taste of Case? Yeah, yeah, it is. Um, you know, last year was my first year up here in Fairfield, and we we hosted Washington. Uh, that was kind of my first taste into that rivalry, and come to find out, you know, being conference rivals and, and being so close that Fairfield and Washington has a huge rivalry uh, <laughs> in pretty much all sports. Some of the some of the guys that play on the field are going to be related, I believe, as well. So that kind of adds things as well. But there's a lot of respect, but also um, a lot of um, anger. And, and, you know, each, each team has this one circled on their calendar each year. Oh, I know. Oh. You're going to see – remember the game you saw last last time? Yeah, it, it, was, yeah. A, it was a close one. Um, last year it was, it was, it was a very close one, but, uh, I believe Washington won by a field goal or something yeah. like that. It was a one score game. And I know Fairfield definitely feels like they should have. Well, it's going to be a knockdown drag out just like that. I mean, yeah. that's, that's the, what you saw last time is what you see almost every time, you know? Well, yeah, that's uh, kind of what I've, uh, what I've gathered. Well, this is, you know, the, the game of the week in Southeast Iowa, other than the, the Columbus Albernet game, that's the Brown guy game of the week, but. You guys got the game of the uh, the week this week. Uh, really, the, the one of the most significant games that's being played in our area. And how can our listeners follow it through KMCD through your uh, through your uh, streaming service? Uh, what's the opportunity to follow this game? Yeah, um, of course you can, you can hear it on our FM station ninety five nine Classic ninety six. If you're uh, within our range, which um, covers a, a decent amount of Southeast Iowa, definitely all of Jefferson County. And uh, surrounding counties, and then online, if you want to listen to it, uh, you can find you can listen to it. ExploreSEIowa.com. We start off uh, seven o'clock. Radio Iowa Scouting Report. Uh, you can hear from our head coach Nate Wheaton at around seven fifteen, somewhere around there, and then kick off at seven thirty. We'll have the entire game for you. A little bit of post game coverage, and then uh, of course after the game, if you want to catch up on all the. Um, Scores across the state. We have the uh, Radio Iowa scoreboard show that breaks down every score across the state up until eleven thirty at night. So, well, it's uh, it'll probably be it'll take that long to get these games over with the way things go around here. <laughs> uh, no, it's a it's a lot of uh, ground and pound and and uh, running down the clock a lot. So there's uh, there's definitely uh, a lot of that going on and. You know, something that too that I wanted to, to mention, and I didn't get it pulled up in time, but I have it in front of me now. Uh, if you want to look at this passing attack of Fairfield, uh, the real quick in Class 3A, Tate Allen is, has the second most touchdowns and the third most passing touchdowns. Max Wheaton is tied for first in receiving touchdowns. So uh, this passing attack is is pretty incredible. Yeah, well, they're yeah, I'm excited. This is going to be a great game. Yeah. 
hopefully this is the year that they can break through, but I don't know. It's been a, it's been, a, I had a couple, two or three kids since the last time they, <laughs> they beat them. Well, I'm, I'm hoping for it. I'll tell you that. All right. Well, tonight's a great game uh, uh, and good luck tonight. Thanks. Thank you. And uh, I think, uh, I think coach Wheaton is excited for it. And uh, of course this rivalry game, is going to be an exciting one. Again, if you can't, if you can't be there, listen to us, uh, stream it online, exploreseiowa.com. It'll be an exciting matchup. All right. Well, this has been the uh, uh, whip around show or the wrap around show. We knocked it from the Missouri river all the way to the other side of the, uh, uh, Mississippi River. So uh, I hope you enjoyed it as much as I enjoyed recording it. Thanks for listening, everybody. And thank you for being with us today, Nathan. Hey, thanks a lot.